Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody, all right? We're talking about mangina, the death of being a man. (laughs) You know, if you hadn't noticed, there's a real crisis in America, if not the world, involving a particular sex, and it's not female. You know, men, men are in deep trouble. In just about every area of life, and that's the most deep trouble for everyone, you know, if you want to just look at the facts, men men are committing suicide. This is from a mental health perspective. They're committing suicide at an alarming rate. 77% of all suicides in America are men, and and disproportionately, it's white men. Also, men are twice as likely to become alcoholics and far more likely to die of drug overdose. And over 90% of all people incarcerated are men. You know, more girls now graduate high school than boys. And more women attend and graduate college than men. And many more finish graduate school. Also, one in five boys are now being diagnosed with some form of ADHD and being medicated for it. You know, by the way, single women buy their own home at twice the rate of a single man. And almost half the young men failed the Army's physical fitness test for basic training. Fully 70% of men in America are overweight or obese. And testosterone rates are plummeting even among young men. ED, erectile dysfunction, is being seen in men in their 20s and 30s nowadays. And... It's impossible to overstate the negative consequences of that trend. Millions more boys are growing up without a father in their lives, and there's no upside to that. And the the epidemic of fatherlessness in America is an unprecedented disaster. You know, and it's 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 amazing, but uh, it's it's a terrible bleak reality. You know, the media, the medical community don't seem to believe it's a problem worth considering. But the biggest message in our day is that women are the real victims. Men, the terrible patriarchy, are the oppressors. And to dare question or contradict the message, to invite uh, uh, the, the, the horrible wrath of the public and political doom, so few are brave enough and willing to say anything about it. And, uh, you know, liberal feminism has played a huge role in the collapse of men. And it's high time that this kind of philosophy is at least recognized. And masculinity is desperately needed in our society. There's nothing toxic about it. Women do need men, and men need women. And men and women are not interchangeable. Families crumble without husbands and fathers. And so children unquestionably need fathers present in their everyday lives. And boys are self-destructing for a lack of a strong, loving man in their home. And these boys will grow up having never experienced healthy manhood and will be crippled, if not prevented, from becoming good men themselves. And the vicious cycle will continue. And, and there's not been a single uh, study on why testosterone levels and sperm counts are plummeting among young men today. But there's a possible reason why liberal feminism and sex 
you know, one possible explanation for the decline is, is the estrogen in the water supply created by women on the pill. But no one wants to say that estrogen is to blame. Women simply must have the pill to be free and equal to men. So it's so liberating to be reduced to a sterile hole for men's sexual gratification. Do we really believe that there's no consequences of decades of millions of women peeing out estrogen on a daily basis? No environmental impact at all? You know, no detrimental side effects. I'm not suggesting that that's the reason why all men are, or the men are becoming so demasculated. But, you know, hormonal uh, contraception isn't the only source of contamination in our soil and our water and our bodies. Our lives are stuffed full of products that contain many uh, endocrine uh, disrupting chemicals. Yet among those who are willing to blame our plastics and personal care products, suddenly, you know, Keep it quiet when it comes to hormonal contraception. It's politically incorrect to go there, and it's unthinkable to suggest that maybe women should stop taking the pill. You know, but we have to be willing to thoroughly and honestly investigate all possible causes for the decline in the male health. You know, a society of feminized, weak men is a horror story. Plain and simple, everyone suffers for the lack of strong, healthy, masculine men, especially women and children. You know, it really, in truth, um, heterosexual women are, are wanting to look up to a man in a marriage. They do not want a boy. They don't want to have to parent. And what happens is, is when a man uh, puts himself in a one-down position to a woman, she cannot respect that. And I'm not saying it's an ego thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that, you know, to be a, an abusive husband or ex- exert your power in a horrible way but what it is 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 that she wants to feel safe to be with a man she looks up to and and so you know we're in uh, real trouble as men in every measurable way all of us feel the effects you know and and there's a lot of people that uh have not talked about it and do not want to talk about it you know for as long as america's been a country the straight white man has been the king of the hill. But as society changes, culture evolves. And the ground beneath that hill is growing shaky. Economically, physically, emotionally, many American men are fighting to maintain a foothold. And what it means to be a man today is different than what it meant 20 years ago. You know, uh, there, there's a, a, a paradigm shift occurring in our country regarding what it means to be masculine. And many men have had difficulty ad- adjusting to that transition. And, and so we must, as a people, begin to understand that we have missed the mark on understanding what's going on. You know, uh, that, uh, that, that shift might have even been a factor in the 2016 presidential race when Donald Trump vowed to make America great again seemed to resonate with the nation's male voters. Exit polls showed the widest gender gap among voters since uh, exiting poll began in the 70s with men favoring Trump over Hillary Clinton by 12%. And women favoring Clinton over Trump by the same margin for a total gender gap of 24 percentage points. In red states and blue states, many uh, men were struggling to figure out their place in the 21st century America. And that's normal. 
as we look, you know, with globalization, automation, the evolution of manufacturing, increased disparity in both income and wealth, there's all kinds of things going on that have had devastating impact on the white working class man. Uh, also, social media has played a strong role in how men are defined. Also, men are sitting their butts in front of computers all day long, <laughs> nearly every day of their life. Uh, some of them just playing video games, but the bottom line is they're losing their sense of shaping themselves. What happens is when we throw ourselves in front of a computer, we have a, a tenacity or, or a steadiness in us to want to do the same thing over and over again. And that means that we begin, begin to make less and less decisions in our life. And if we do that, then we're left to have no character. And it's really hard to have a conversation with someone that has no character because character means you're able to make decisions. And, and there's a, a, a lot of, of challenges uh, that have been analyzed in working class men, especially in America. You know, um, there was a, a, a study at Princeton by Alan Krieger uh, who reported that more than 11 percent of men aged 25 to 54 were unemployed and not seeking work. And that figure has been trudging upward for decades, especially after COVID. And there's a lot of recent analysis that the modern challenges for men and white working class men uh, uh, is indeed, it, it's a it is in the middle of a crisis where man is trying to understand where he belongs in this life. And he's finding that uh, it's being defined by women where he belongs in this life and in, in society as a whole. And so now, just like the rest of the country, there's a bunch of tribalism going on where men are trying to join the women's tribe the women's harem, the women's whatever. But the bottom line is, is that the man at this day and age, since he's been the king of the hill, especially the white male, that he is having to reform where he belongs on the hill, which is not necessarily the king of the hill anymore. It's more like the queen of the hill and then the man having to support that. And so the roles that we're all taking, men are even taking the role of being the uh, working mom and uh, work, you know, the mom at home uh, rather than to be the dad at home. And the mom is the one that's working. We're seeing this more and more and more and more in our society. Now, the real question is, are women comfortable with that role? I'm sure many of them are. Some of them might not be. You know, the bottom line is, is that what we have to understand is women are taking an enormous amount of leadership in the shifting of what men traditionally used to do. And men, we have to find our place in that because they have a right to do that. We have a right to all be equal, but we are built differently and we do think differently and our needs are different. And our medical issues are different. And our trajectories are different in many ways. Our passions, our purpose, even religion is geared around women more than men. And so what we have to begin to understand is, is that as a society, we are redefining ourselves. And unfortunately, as we're redefining ourselves, we're in this thing called the woke movement. And what the woke movement basically does is it does not allow any excuses but to be who you are, non-prejudicial, just blankly, openly being able to treat each other without prejudice 
as equals with no excuses. And there's a lot to say for that. That can be a good thing. That could be a great thing in many ways because I don't think anybody likes themselves as a prejudiced person. I don't think they really feel that good about being prejudiced. You know, I, I think that we as people, that's just basically wanting to be evil. Um, you know, but but as uh, if you look at the, the many of the nation's white men, and that's in the United States, as well as women, they're struggling with both physical and mental health problems. While other ethnic and racial groups have seen their health improve, death rates have increased for middle-aged white Americans with no college education. And so, you know, we have to look at ourselves, and that increase can be explained by an epidemic of deaths related to alcoholism, substance abuse, and suicide. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at a very toxic culture for men, very toxic culture for men, where men are being held more accountable than ever for their behavior in open, and that is in order to scare men and to shape them into the role that is being defined for them by women. Men, if we're going to define a role, we have to do that for ourselves. We don't have to do that by accepting what society tells us. And that's the important balance that we have to do. Otherwise, we have no buy-in. We feel like victims. And that's how women and people of color and uh, have felt for so long. For, for And they're sick of it. And so the bottom line is we are going to become the ones that see ourselves as victims, as not having choices, um, as being the second best, as being just the, the paycheck, you know, for the house, but not an important person. And so we as men need to re-step into our role as men and find our strengths, find our passion, find our purpose and deliver ourselves as a man into our society. And that doesn't mean into the bedroom. If you're homosexual or whatever, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking simply about the role of a man in life. What should we be? Where do we belong? Where are we at our best? And where are we at our worst? And take a really good analysis of that. We are in a time that we really have to rethink who we are and we have to adapt and change and think clearly for where we belong in our family, in our faith, in our society as a whole. And is it good? Does it have a good intention? And that's really the question as we define ourselves is what is our intention? And if the intention is good, go with it. If the intention is bad, don't go with it. You know, and, and so that's kind of the way we have to begin to think. You know, there's a tendency to minimize the distress and disconnection over a very real problem. You know, and over the last decades, men have seen jobs in manufacturing and mining, mining grow scarier. Meanwhile, the, the economic disparity between haves and haves nots has grown a lot wider. And so working class men look to the future and see their problems are limited and not sure what their role in society is because corporations are, are not uh, basically wanting to retire you. They're not wanting to give you benefits and a pension. What they want to do is have contractors that they're not legally responsible for that are disposable. And those are the people that they want because they don't have to pay them the big salaries. They don't have to find a place for them every time something happens. 
And so it's really an important thing for corporations to be light on their feet and ready to change at any time. And so men are finding themselves having to redefine where they are in society and where they belong in corporations, where they belong in the work environment. And it's a very, very, very scary thing because you can go through six to eight career jobs in a lifetime these days. And if you're 50, you are disposable. Uh, you're considered a dinosaur unless you keep your your uh, education up and you keep your training up and you're always developing new skills. All right, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about masculinity. So come back. <laughs> on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the mangina, the death of being a man. You know, uh, many men feel their masculinity ideologies under attack and and it's it, the the this ideology basically is built on a set of gender norms that endorses features such as toughness and dominance self-reliance heterosexual behaviors restriction of emotional expression the avoidance of traditional feminine attitudes and behaviors and these gender roles come through our parents male relatives teachers peers and we're socialized into these roles starting in infancy 
infancy. But men who strive to meet the masculine ideals might be threatened, consciously or otherwise, by societal shifts, including the increasingly powerful role of women in the workplace or in the growing acceptance of same-sex marriage. So the culture's changing, and it no longer privileges the stereotypical man's uh, point of view. Unfortunately, that viewpoint can be really self-defeating. You know, if um, we look at that, overall, men who conform to traditional masculine norms and higher rates of mental health, have higher rates of mental health problems like depression, anxiety, stress, lower rates of positive mental health outcomes such as life satisfaction, self-esteem, psychological well-being. You know, a conformity to the, to the three masculine norms like the playboy behavior, the power over women, and self-reliance are significantly uh, looked at as maladjustment. And that suggests that the sexist attitudes might have de- detrimental effects on men's mental health. And men who assign a great deal of value to self-reliance are also less likely to seek help when they need it. And that self-reliance may have been helpful in the past, but it is becoming increasingly outdated in our interdependent world. And so what that means is we are more de- We cannot do everything in a vacuum. Additionally, what men have done to become resilient and to become the emotionally able to survive and get by and make it in the hard times. But the deal is, you know, that restrictive emotionality in our nature also works against us as as people. Men tend to not want to display their emotions and they haven't been given the tools to discuss their feelings in healthy ways and now men are experiencing the loss of the traditional male stereotypes but they don't have the capacity to process less emotionality and so men are in a catch-22 they don't know what to put in place or what they're giving into they don't know how much their spouse is expecting them to be emotionally in, uh, connected and emotionally intelligent. And it's presumed that they're supposed to be highly emotionally intelligent and highly in touch with their feelings in these days and to cry and to, to share all of their feelings. But the big problem is, is that men are traditionally, by majority, ruminative processors and what that means is they ruminate they ruminate they get an idea they think about it they may google it they may ask somebody about it but all in all what they end up doing is they present the idea women are more auditory processors by majority and they have a tendency to think out loud and that means they get a thought they just throw it out there they get the thought they throw it out they start to process it they process it with the man and the man's like Why didn't you think about this before you presented it? And then they poke holes in everything the woman's thought about and shut them down. Women do the same. Shut the man down because he has ruminated um, over, he's ruminated over the idea that going to be the one uh, basically to have to help her understand how dumb she really is. And that can be a very, very sad affect to have. And it's not something that's going to help anybody. So what we really need to do is to begin to understand that we as people have to come to grips with the idea that we are, uh, as a society, are going to have to talk to each other and, and going to have to help each other in a real 
uh, an incredible way. It's incredible that we as people have to begin to understand that women and men have to learn to have the patience and have the understanding of uh, how to talk to each other. And so, you know, uh, there's also these perspectives that uh, sexist attitudes might have this detrimental effect. Self-reliance has a detrimental effect. Restrictive emotionality has a a detrimental effect. And gender role conflict doesn't just damage the way a man sees himself. It also constrains the relationships a man has with their family members and their friends. So if a man starts to challenge traditional locker room talk, for example, he might find he doesn't know how to connect with his father or his brother as easily as he once did. A lot of men are socialized into messages and mottos and identities that have been passed down, and that allows them to relate to important people in their lives. As society changes, individual narratives uh, start to change, and that presses on the stress of interracial connections that men have. And so, you know, the endorsement of a traditional gender role can be challenging, and in many ways, masculinity is the problem, and it also gets in the way of the solutions. You know, one traditional male norm, for example, is to avoid all things feminine. Yet some of the fastest growing occupations in the United States are in fields traditionally embraced by women. Childcare, healthcare, education, food preparation. Men who strongly endorse these masculine norms probably uh, wouldn't consider a, a pink collar op- occupation. But it's a catch-22. Now what we're finding is more men are cooking, more men are taking care of the children, more men are doing health care, more men are, are, are having to operate in an empathetic uh, role, and that is changing who they are and who they are as a, as a person, who they are modeling to their children, who they're modeling to society. And, and it's also, uh, and, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, it's a good thing that they're able to do that. But do we have to lose all that we call a man as a man? You know, there's a lot of targeted campaigns to challenge gender roles. Um, there's there's public announcements, service announcements that encourage men to pursue careers traditionally thought of as feminine, like nursing. You know, pro, you know, th- there's this thing that engages youth to promote gender equality and end violence against women. It also encourages men in positions of power to violate outdated male norms. You know, a polit- politician crying during a press conference or a popular pro athlete talking openly about their depression goes a long way towards breaking down the barriers. In addition, psychology has to get creative to reach the men who are struggling. And so one example is boys don't cry. Well, you know, that's not true. Boys do cry. It's okay to show emotions. You know, therapy should always be there and we should always advocate for it. But we know masculine norms that are correlated with mental health problems also prevent men from seeking psychological help. And we need to look beyond therapy to find other ways to reach men. We also are seeing that the male dynamic in marriage is changing enormously. And so people, as marriages begin, the man actually has to learn how to cherish his wife. That is the ingredient that a woman still, even back before the dawn of time, when women get married, that is their safe place. When they know that their husband, their man, uh, cherishes them, that puts her in the right place in his life. And Cherish is like, I can't be the man I am without her. I don't even know why she's with me. I am so lucky to have her. And she's my best friend. It's that way when I'm with her. It's that way when I'm not with her.
Well, today, that standard is very, very critical to a woman. Now, there used to be more tolerance for a man cherishing things like work, like his friends, like alcohol, like bad habits, golf. All this. There used to be a lot more room for that in marriage, but there is definitely not that anymore. There is not that there for men to have. They need to cherish their wife. If you can't do that, the marriage will wobble. Now, what do men need? Men need to be heard. They need to feel respected. That's how a man feels masculated. If they feel parented, which is what we're seeing in this day and age, which is why many of their penises don't work, is because they are being parented as if they are a child by their wife or by their spouse. And so what happens is that power dynamic turns into a not very sexy uh, situation, meaning that basically um, if the woman's being looked at as a parent, is that sexy? No, it's not sexy at all, and it's not a good affect to have. And so we all have to watch out for that kind of stuff. It's very important for us to understand if that dynamic is going on, but it is more and more that women are becoming the leaders in their family. And the truth is women are spending spend much more money than men do traditionally, and they control the economy because they control the pocketbook. Um, and, and this is becoming more and more the issue today where women are in charge of the family, the finances, and everything, but not necessarily comfortable in that role. And so men have to serve as a bridge to a traditional man, but we have to be more publicly engaged, more visible, more, more emotionally connected and, and, and uh, empathetic. And we can disseminate a brand new idea of a man without losing a man. You know, women are entering adulthood with a lot more education, a lot more achievements, a lot more property, and arguably more money and ambition than their male counterparts. And this is the first time that has happened in human history, and its implications for both sexes are far from simple. You know, you can see the strongest evidence that boys and young men are falling behind in high school and college classrooms. Boys have lower GPAs, lower grades, and almost every subject, including math, despite their higher standardized testing scores, they are 58% of high school dropouts. In the mid-70s, about 20%. 28% of men had college degrees. Since then, that number has barely budged. Meanwhile, the percentage of women with college degrees increased from 18.6 to 34.2. And women now earn 57% of college degrees, and predictions have them at 60% in the near future. And so people often assume that this is a boy problem, as it's sometimes called. It's really a low-income boy problem. And I also tell you, it's really sad, but what used to be 18, for men especially, is now about 32. So the maturity of a man at 18 is now in the 30s. And that's when they begin to shape their life. And that's because there's so many confusing things about where they belong in society, where they are going against the guidelines of, of, of sexuality, what they're, what they're beginning to understand about sexuality, because quite frankly, a lot of people are, are you know, pansexual. 
in in their twenties and in their and especially in their teens, pansexual meaning they're attracted to whatever you know, and, and so a man or a woman and, and and or whatever you know, and so that means they're just open to whatever it it, it takes them to. So the bottom line is, we as a society are are asking boys to be men when they're still boys. And sadly, as they get through that, that uh, having to decide what they want, what they want to be, where they want to go, what they're passionate about, what their purpose is, a lot of them end up getting overwhelmed and living at home with mom and dad. And so sadly, we're seeing also that less and less men are getting married and that more often men and women are now getting married in their 30s and choosing to have one or none children. And so we are seeing a diminishing of society as we as men and women are redefining our roles. We have to make room for children in our lives now. We, we aren't married and prepared to have children. We have to make room for children. And that is a whole different way of raising children. And that's a whole different way of teaching values. And there's a whole different way of sacrifice. And stress is enormous in the years raising a child when both of you have a career. And stress can be enormous when you're looked at as not fitting on to a work environment because you're a white male. You know, that can be a very difficult place to be in this society today. You know, the stunning shift between the sexes is there. Although, you know, feminism really played a role, the deepest roots of women's current success is in economic and technological change. And so, you know, a household revolution dramatically eased the domestic burdens back in the 20th century, and, and it brought women forward. You know, indoor plumbing, electricity, refrigerators, washing machines, being able to uh, 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 get groceries at the grocery store are the engines of liberation. And so that's made life to be able to operate by technology. And then birth p control pill came about in the 60s, and women uh, were able to uh, secede from their, their traditional role in society, that they could have multiple men in their life. They would not have to take the biological chance of having children if they chose to. And so now they, women are no longer uh, stuck in the house uh, which is the emergence of post-industrial labor market, meaning a growing number of service and knowledge-based jobs, but then they were able to move out into the, to the workforce. And well, now what's happened is people are working from their homes because of COVID. And that's also redefining the structure of what's going on between a man and a woman. Now they have to navigate that within the household while they're holding up their job and having to educate their children at home. And so that dynamic is creating a lot of rift and a lot of misunderstanding with what roles a man and a woman should play. And so when we look at this subject, we have to understand that this whole thing about a man being a man is a floating target and it's changing very quickly. You know, it's, it's also the success of young women has been international. Women are outpouring, outperforming men and moving ahead in urban workplaces all over Europe and all over Asia. And, and there's more than half of university students throughout the Western and Eastern Europe have reached or approaching uh, parity in Japan, Korea, and Singapore. And as they move into cities and get their degrees and join the workforce, women are delaying and even forgoing marriage and children. You know, in South Korea, for example, over half of 30-year-old women remain single, preferring to su uh, pursue more education and self-development.
And so we have to look how this world is changing. And for the male, that can be a problem that we have to consciously come to grips with. You know, in the middle of the 20th century, not coincidentally, the same historical movement of great numbers of women were moving into the workforce and becoming economically independent. And the universal assumption that when men were essential to family life started to erode and divorce and single motherhood began to rise. Even today, though divorce rates have, uh, uh, well, they did decline before COVID, now they're going up since COVID. It's really uh, earth-shaking how financial, uh, the financial decision of a divorce can take pe- both people into poverty. And, and that can be a real dynamic that uh, children, especially if they're brought into a, a divorced parent situation, end up living in a lot, half of what they used to resource-wise have access to as children. And that's the sad part. Children are the victims. You know, but in, in uh, 2010, women became the majority of the workforce for the first time in U.S. history. And most managers are now women. And for every two men who get a college degree, three women will do the same. And for years, women's progress has been cast as a struggle for equality. But what if equality isn't the end point? What if modern post-industrial society is simply better suited to women? And uh, in the 70s, uh, Ronald Erickson, which is a biologist, came up with a way to separate sperm carrying the male-producing Y chromosome from those carrying the X. And he sent two kinds of sperm swimming down a glass tube into an ever-thicker uh, 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 album of barriers. And the sperm with the X chromosome had a larger head and a larger tail, so he figured they would get bogged down in the, in the liquid. But the sperm with the Y chromosome were leaner and faster and could swim down to the bottom of the tube more efficiently. So he, he grew up on a ranch in South Dakota where he developed an Old West cowboy swagger. And the process, he said, was like cutting out cattle at the gate. The cattle left flailing behind the gate were, of course, the X's, which seemed to please him. And so he would sometimes demonstrate the process using uh, the cartilage of a, a bull's penis as a pointer. And so, you know, as you look at that, what, what he's basically saying is uh, genetically engineering, whether we're going to have men or women, is going to come into the future of mankind. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to finish by trying to develop what we do then and what we do now. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. 
Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right. Now, we're in the era of the Me Too movement and the controversy over toxic masculinity. And what we're talking about is the title of the show is Mangina, the Death of Being a Man. And so some new research is very relevant. It indicates that a shift is underway in how young men envision manhood and in their attitudes, their values, their behavior, their relationships, careers, their view of success. And, and if we're in the midst of a generational evolution with a large-scale societal and political implications to it. And if you want to you know, look at that, one study of over 600 millennial-aged men found that they are likely to be selfless. In contrast to the old looking out for number one attitude, they are also socially engaged with issues and causes and are highly health-conscious. Overall, in that study, which was done at the University of British Columbia, they found that the masculine value they most strongly endorse is selflessness. And this is in the millennials, you know, and 91% of the men agreed that a man should help other people. 80% believed that a man should give back to the community. Openness also ranked high. 88% said a man should be open to new ideas, new experiences, new people. And so did health with a majority of participants saying that men should be healthy or in good shape. Moreover, the traditional male values ranked lower, and they're still valued in the majority of participants, but less than other values. For example, 75% of the men with more traditional values said that a man should have physical strength, compared with 87% who said a man should have intellectual strength, 83% who said emotional strength. Autonomy is also ranked lower, with 78% saying that men should be independent. You know, these these can be significant findings, and we're also witnessing the impact of, of millennial values among both men and women upon the workplace and how they deal with their work and careers. For example, uh, millennials are prone to leave their jobs when they experience a values gap. 
between themselves and the workplace culture, particularly around sustainability issues. And this is especially notable because it contrasts with the older generations. Many people in the older generations report great dissatisfaction and dislike with their management and leadership, and they often tend to suffer emotionally and physically, often frozen in place, perhaps from a fear of losing what they already have and the insecurity about change, so they stay miserably in their work. You know, millennials appear to have a different mentality altogether, and and they tend to job hop, uh, something well known about them. And older workers don't understand. And a major reason that that they feel disconnection between their personal values and the workplace culture is that. And so uh, not only... There is a gap, but also the workers are much more likely to leave a job if they felt their values were not reflected in the workplace. And that's an amazing thing that in this day and age, we are working under that uh, situation. You know, they've been raised with a sense of pro-social, pro-environmental values. They're also looking to be engaged. They find that if a company doesn't honor the values and contributions Many either will try to change the culture or find employment elsewhere. And also research has said companies need to understand that new generation of workers have high ethical and social expectations. And so the way they talk, the way they speak, their their me too, their enlightenment, uh, their their, uh, sense of understanding and and awoke movement, all of that is becoming embraced in uh, cultural environment of uh, corporations. And also, we live in a world uh, that that has almost always established male dominance. You know, so society is influenced and sketched out what masculinity in terms of men and what it means to be a straight man. You know, as a result, boys are resistant to showing any type of emotion feelings, resist participating in certain events, actions that classify them as gay. Well, that's not the case in this day and age. Boys are now taking on whatever roles and they're embracing emotion they're embracing uh, participation they're embracing actions that would classify them as gay they don't care what sex somebody sees themselves they don't care about your your uh how you view yourself and 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 what your pronouns are you know it's they they they're fine with it And some boys need to learn to be comfortable and being close with their guy friends, especially to stop using the word gay as a derogatory manner. That's not a good thing. When people call people gay in this day and age, that is not a good thing. That means you're a dinosaur. That means you're somebody that is not evolving with the culture and disagrees with the culture today. And both sides of that can be dangerous. You know, many boys today are trapped and the same tired model of masculinity where manhood is measured in strength, you know, and, and when you're doing that, you are maladjusting your kid to becoming more uh, ability to learn, ability to work, because that role is not accepted in corporations. You know, maybe it's just their personality. Maybe they have different perspective toward masculinity and how to be a straight male. Not that there's anything completely wrong with thinking a different way, but sometimes it can kill the mood for everyone else. You know, when hanging out in a group, no one wants to be the person to diminish the fun, nor does anyone want to hang out with someone who's constantly does that. You know, it, it can get really annoying for some people when one guy 
in a bunch tries to act like they're more manly than the others just because they're more serious, stronger looking, and don't like to joke around as much as their guy friends. And so boys are trapped sometimes. They don't even have the language to talk about how they feel about being trapped because the language that exists to discuss the full range of human emotion is still viewed as sensitive and feminine. And so you have to take a chance to step out on the edge to talk about your feelings. Not only is it offensive toward other men who are comfortable with themselves and the, the, the gay community or the, the LB, LGBTQIA community, uh, it also contributes to the hostile and discriminatory environment that our society is unfortunately still in. It's reverse, uh, it's, it's reverse uh, 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 discrimination that's going on in some regards where they're overstepping and overpressing on someone who may have a sense of masculinity. Of the old masculinity, and I understand it may be hard to not to not to uh, think too much of what everyone else thinks, but at the same time, boys need to at least try to show emotion, be close with their friends, and it may be difficult yet worth a lot more when they take these steps to change in how they define a man. Unfortunately, if they start to form good emotional relationships with other boys. That can be looked at from the generation of, of the older generation, the more traditional generations as, oh, is he gay? Is he not? What's going on? There's a lot of judgment that can come out of that. You know, still failing to fit the traditional masculinity mold uh, has, has drains many boys' self-esteem. And less than a third of men, 18 to 29, reported feeling completely masculine compared to 65% of those approaching retirement. 13% of those under 30 said they identified halfway between masculine and feminine. 12% said they're slightly feminine. So, you know, gender roles have transformed. And, uh, and as men have stayed home over time, over COVID, the whole idea of what a man is is being restructured and rethought and re-understood. And we have to go with that. We have to go with that because that's the day and the time we're in and the generation we're in. That doesn't mean that's where we're always going to land, but that means that's what, if we're going to thrive in this environment, we have to embrace some of the new uh, social roles that men take on and emotional roles that men take on. You know, that old school masculine identity doesn't fit anymore because that masculine identity can't be played out through their entire life. It can't play, be always be played out in their marriage, can't be played out in their work, can't be played out in their social uh, connections. It just can't be played out everywhere. And, and so a lot of it has to be restrained if they're going to take on the idea of being a male. You know, 70% said they like to date someone more sexually aggressive. You know, in contrast to the norms of the past, 80 8% said they'd be okay with significant other making more money. So what that's saying is men are also allowing themselves to be uh, pursued sexually instead of being the pursuer. And a lot of women don't understand that. They don't get that, that, that men are not pursuing as much as women have to today pursue. You know, 61% of men agreed with the statement, I feel pressure to act like a man today, while 67% of women agreed to the sentiment of a female version. And so masculinity is tricky. 
You know, you, you want to be respectful and a gentleman, but it somehow gets seen as a nice guy and a pushover. So finding the balance of being an alpha male gorilla and a decent human being sometimes is hard since everyone wants to label us one or the other. And and, and there's, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're the first man in, in a, a family that doesn't join the military, that when everybody else has joined the military, that can be a lot of social pressures. You know, this world is far different than our grandfathers and even our fathers. And uh, as the state of heterosexual relationships has softened, now people are more curious about the same sex and other sex, openly curious about that. Willing to discuss polyamorous amorous relationships where they bring another person into their sexual situation. You know, understanding that our significant others might have long work trips now and even a new definition of sexuality can also be a sexual thing while they're traveling. You know, traditional gender roles are no longer valid. Men are dealing with the new uh, uh, expectations of masculinity. That means vulnerability to metrosexuality. And gender is transforming. And so when when is a man a man? <laughs> you know, men's role in society is transforming and their social dominance is really, truly under threat. And women no longer accept less pay for doing the same job as a man and demand representation. And they want to be a part of the politics of the economy and the upper echelons of society. You know, and so this transformation has led to transforming for some, and some people fall back on their more traditional roles. And sometimes that's going to make them not fit into a working environment or a living environment, and it may not lead to them being a leader in their own marriage, which can also be a very stressful situation. That's why premarital counseling really needs to be taken on before people get married just to define their male and female role in the relationship. And also the fact that, that once again, churches and religion has really forced itself down the throat of women. It's really guided. The the softening of, of religion has really made its way towards women because women make up the majority of the spenders who pay for the churches. All right. That's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, God gives a man a brain and a penis, yet only enough blood to run one at a time. That's Robin Williams, by the way. Being a male is a matter of being born. Being a man is a matter of age. And being a gentleman is a matter of choice. That's Vin Diesel. And when a man steals your wife, there is nothing better than to let him keep her. Also, women's movement is the release of the feminine male and the masculine female. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 